We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. We're here. I wish I could keep this feeling. I wish I could keep this feeling. What up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of The Corner Podcast. This week's episode of The Corner is brought to you by Casper Mattresses. Casper is an online retailer of premium mattresses for a fraction of the cost. You know me and Andreas are always covering events. We're always writing articles. But when we do have time to sleep, we lay our head down on a nice, pillowy, soft premium mattress from Casper Mattresses. Casper is revolutionizing the mattress industry by cutting the cost of dealing with resellers and going straight to you. No showrooms, no middleman. Everyone's seen those creepy guys trying to follow you around the department store. None of that anymore. You get your hands on a nice premium mattress by going straight to Casper Mattresses. Yeah, man. I mean, I, I got to get my rest. So Casper Mattresses is the, is the goods. I'm telling you right now. So listen... You can get $50 off of any mattress purchase by visiting casper.com backslash the corner and entering the promo code the corner. That's one word, the corner. That's casper.com backslash the corner, promo code T H E C O R N E R. Terms and conditions apply. What up, everybody? Another episode of the Corner Podcast. Kel Dansby back again, and the tired old man Andreas Hell back in the building. What's up, world traveler? Man, I'm tired. This is <laughs> this is nuts, man. For those who've been following, um, you know, last week I was in London for the Joshua Pavecki fight. Came home for two days to a sick daughter. Um, my niece got her sick. She so now she's got all of us sick. Uh, then on Wednesday, I'm out here right now. I'm in San Jose for Bellator 206, which will be streaming live on the Zone on Saturday. So I'm here for that. 
Then as soon as that ends, I'm on a flight to Long Beach for New Japan Fighting Spirit. And then I come back on Monday. And then Tuesday starts McGregor Khabib Fight Week. And then, then before all this started was Canelo Triple G. So four weeks of four pretty big fights. No rest for you. No, I'm, I'm exhausted, man. I am absolutely tired. I'm still jet lagged. It's an eight-hour time difference in London. So I'm still backwards and upside down. Yeah, out here living like Carmen Sandiego. Yeah, the shit is nuts, man. The shit is absolutely nuts. A little bit everywhere, but nice to have you back uh, in your absence. You know, not much happened, man. You know, there was a little thing called the Hot Takes podcast, but don't worry about that. You don't, you don't really no, need I already, to delve listen, into that. Listen, listen. I, I won't listen to it because I've already <laughs> heard enough about it. Um, and we're not going to spend too much time, but this, this whole Bill Cosby's not a top three television dad is some revisionist history for that ass. Absolutely. <laughs> so you think if I would have asked that two years ago on a podcast, completely different answers? For a lot of people, yeah. I think people are looking at Cosby now and just like, oh, he's a piece of shit. Yeah, obviously, but you got to separate the person. I mean, it's kind of like saying Chris Benoit's not really a good wrestler. Exactly. You can't really do that. So, um, But yeah, I'm not going to kill you on all your hot takes. And we already talked about kids being expensive. So, yeah. Yeah, we- I mean, listen, man, I... I just come to a realization, I guess, I was broke and didn't know any better. Which, yeah. when you're broke, you're just like, they're not expensive because you don't got money anyway. How can something be expensive if you don't got it anyway? So you just, right. you're doing what you do. But I guess when you got money and then you have kids, it takes a nice little dent out of their pockets. I mean, yeah, yeah. Anyway, yeah, so, yeah that will be a whole nother, like, the response, the, the cold takes to your hot takes, <laughs> be a whole nother episode, so we're not going to do that today. Yeah, nah, but... Let the record stand. People were on my side. Uh, Cliff Huxtable is not a top three television dad. Fucking nuts. Carl so, Winslow. Carl I mean, Winslow. Come on, man. Like, nobody even watches Family Matters in 2018. You could watch The Cosby Show today. Even though you try to watch me and said his daughter went upstairs and never came back. She did. It's true. <laughs> How are you a good parent and your daughter goes upstairs and she never comes back? And she, you don't even question it. She really did it. What was her name? Rudy? Judy. Judy. And then, you know what? When Judy turned up next, you know the next place we saw her? Porn. I was about to say, I think she did porn. <laughs> she, she went from she went upstairs, changed clothes, waited like 10 years, and did porn. It's not a good parent, man. Not uh, a good parent. I mean, that's, that's a black eye on it. But listen, Winslow still a little bit above Cosby. Um, nope. Cosby got prison time. Like the real Bill Cosby, not uh, Mr. Huxtable, Dr. Huxtable on the show. So Bill Cosby gets prison time. Um, we see this craziness with the Kavanaugh dude who actually got the vote today. I was at work. That shit's bananas. So it's moving on to the next phase, even though they want an FBI investigation, which probably ain't going to find shit. And then we get Victor Ortiz and I think I put down Hassan from the UFC. I believe yep. that's who it was. Um, both arrested for sexual assault or accused of it. Um, Ortiz was arrested. Hassan, I think, was arrested and made bail. Yeah, Ortiz turned himself in, and I think they let him out, and they pulled him, pulled him off the fight. Because he had a fight this weekend against John Molina in California, and now he's not. He's, that fight's been pulled. They're still running the commercials with him on it. I was watching Hulu last night. He's still, like, on the commercial. I was like, yo, you got to dead those. Yeah, they got to figure that out. Um, but I guess streaming service is a little different than television. So that fight's not going down on Sunday. It, it just seems like... And we talked about the Me Too stuff when they hit, and it seems like now... We, we said then, I was like, yo, it's a matter of time before it branches out, before it reaches sports, before it reaches other avenues. And I think we're seeing that, you know, starting in movies 
and what seemed like just entertainment for a second, we knew like, okay, this is just the beginning. Yeah, I mean, it's a lot, man. And there's there's people out there defending Bill Cosby and was like, well, uh, Harvey Weinstein better get time. L- listen, I-, I hear where you're coming from, but the Cosby shit has been long ha- going on. Like this is this wasn't something that was just discovered like two years ago. You know, Cosby's been accused of uh, sexual assault and all that shit for decades. And now, you know, now it's all come full circle. And I mean, the fucker said, and I'm gonna call him a fucker because he sat back <laughs> and he admitted that he was giving women quaaludes uh, with the idea that he was going to have sex with them. Like, like he was basically saying, like, yeah, I'm out here ripping bitches. What you gonna do? So listen, Cosby deserves the time, you know. And I know he's old. He's 80, 81. And people are like, yo, he's old. But yo, I don't care if you're old. This is so do the time. You do the crime, you do the time. And, and do the crime with arrogance. Like Bill Cosby was arrogant as fuck. Not to mention this is the same guy that was telling people don't steal pound cake and he's out here stealing pussy. Fuck that guy. Yeah, he was crushing rappers and oh man, the shit he said about the Eddie Murphy uh stand-ups and oh too much cursing and bad influence. Like all the dumb shit he said over the years. Now it's just all erased. Like, shut the hell uh, yeah. up. Like, but you can I'm, rape, though. Like, cool, guy. Yeah. Um, and, and for the record, I, I I do still watch the Cosby show. I just, I can't fuck with Bill Cosby. Like, Bill Cosby's an individual. Can't fuck with him. Like, yeah. I'm still going to watch A Different World. He produced it. Oh, well. Yeah, I'm going to watch it. But, I do watch A Different World, shit. by the way. A Different World is, is fire and will forever be fire. I like it way better than the Cosby show. Anyway. Um, but, yeah, no, so that's crazy. That's one of the things that's been going on this week. Uh, just getting you back in touch with reality, because I don't know what they do in the UK. Is that what is mm. the narrative in the UK? You wrote you were writing a whole article, right? The experience yeah. between the UK and the US and the difference in the boxing climate. What is it like overseas? Do you have to be like, yo, I'm from the US, but I don't fuck with Trump? Nah, it's not. Even, it's not like that at all. They kind of first, like first and foremost, um, boxing is like the number two sport in the UK. So when you get there. Like, when I got there, everybody, like, every Uber that I rode in, everywhere I went, people talked about the fight. And it wasn't, like, in Vegas, like, I'm at the MGM, and there's people, like, who's fighting this weekend? I'm like, motherfuckers, across the streets. You know, Triple G, it's a huge fight. In London, like, yo, everybody knows about the fight, and everybody has something to say about it. So, and then on top of that, like, I got there, um, I flew out Monday, it was, like, 14 hours I got there uh, Monday, got some rest. Tuesday, I believe, was the media workout. No, I got there Tuesday morning. It took me a whole day, and then plus the eight-hour difference. So Wednesday was the media workout. When I tell y'all that Anthony Joshua is like a rock star in the UK, I don't think y'all understand. This man comes out, like, girls are crying. Like, <laughs> dudes, like, everybody's trying to take pictures with him. Like, it, it's not like he's not just a fighter. They treat him like a god. You know, 2012 Olympic gold medalist. That that, And he's basically the pioneer of bringing UK boxing into the next frontier. Like, UK, like United Kingdom boxing is huge. And, like, to, to see the reaction, just at the media workout, um, I got, you know, I interviewed him. He remembered me from the whole uh, Jarrell Miller thing. Um, we had a nice little laugh about that. Um, but, it, you know, when people found out I was interviewing him, they were like, you get to interview Anthony Joshua? I'm like, yo, is he? I mean, it's he's that big of a deal. Like, unbelievable. Is he how- bigger than Connor, you think? Like, Connor to Ireland, Joshua to UK. Obviously, you haven't seen Connor in Ireland. But yeah, see, I, 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 I don't know. I can, I can only say 
that the fact that Anthony Joshua could fight a tomato can, and Povetkin was not a tomato can by far, but bring 80,000 fans to a fight? It's hard uh, to see where we can compare him. Is he like LeBron levels? Yeah. I'm not sure I mean, if people are crying from LeBron, though. Like, I'm not even sure if LeBron's LeBron levels. No, I would, I would say he's probably on LeBron level because, I mean, the guys, you know, one, the other thing is, like, there's racism in the UK, but it's different. Like, they're... Nobody treats anybody any differently for shit. And, you know, Anthony Joshua, like when I interviewed him, when he would talk about race in America, he's just looking at me like, y'all, I mean, y'all are crazy. That's, I mean, that's how they look at us. Like, you know, Bradley, one of my um, co-workers is just like, you motherfuckers are nuts in America. Y'all like to shoot people and kill people because of their color of their skin. Like, what the fuck is wrong with y'all? So when they look at Anthony Joshua, they don't look at him as a black boxer. They will identify him as black because that's the color of his skin, but that makes no difference. Like, they'll go, oh, that's a black guy over there. But it doesn't mean anything. It just means that's how I'm identifying you. Like, you have a mustache, like, or you have a, a weird hat on. Like, that's how they identify <laughs> you. So when they see Joshua, they just see him as, like, the best fighter in the world. And that's how they look at him. I feel like a lot of European countries are like that, though. It's like, it's, you're our guy. So it's our country versus your country. Like, you know, those stupid friends. Like, you watch your old trip, right? The movie. Like, the soccer hooligans and shit, I feel like that's how it is. Where they're just like, you know what, I hate the Franks. Like, you, you just hate French people. Like, you know, just in a combative way. Like, in a, a, a I guess, a competitive manner. You, like, you don't say, oh, that's a black guy, that's a white guy. You're like, no, he's British. Oh, no, he's Irish. And you're like, yeah. no, this is my guy, this is that guy. So, I can understand the dynamic where they're like, no, he's the best boxer, I'm sure, to them in the world. And he's ours. Yeah, and, and they embrace them. Like, we don't embrace... Like, we don't have an American We have too many. Embrace. We're spoiled. Well, it's not even that. Like, the UK has a ton of fighters. Like, British boxing is huge. No, we right? have too many great athletes in general. Yeah, we do. But it's like, we don't give it... Like, there is no boxer that Americans call their own. None. Think about it. No, When's because last... we're cheering for so many other people. We got Tom Brady's. We got LeBron James. We got well, whatever baseball players hot at the time. Yeah, like, but you're missing it's... my point. What I'm saying is, like, Canelo was Mexican. And Mexico yeah. supports Canelo. There is no boxer in the States that the, that we support. Like, if there is a fight between Anthony Joshua and an American boxer, Americans aren't traveling to the UK to support him. Are, are you talking boxer. financially and time-wise? Or, like, rah, no, rah, he's about, our guy? Yeah, I'm talking about technically, this. everyone in America supported Floyd. I mean, he, the I mean, numbers show that. But they, they tuned they in to watch him fail. They, they they didn't support him. They tuned in to watch him fail. Like it was a spectacle. Like financially, they supported him quite well. But they did. But I'm saying like when he fought Andre Berto, nobody wanted to see that shit, and the numbers showed it, right? Mm -hmm. So if if Floyd traveled overseas to fight, nobody's following him overseas. On the other hand, that'd be amazing to see like a UK environment mixed with the urban loitering, though. It'd be interesting. But it's like guys, guys like Ricky Hatton, Conor McGregor, um, and Anthony Joshua, like in Tyson Fury, which we're going to get to see, unfortunately, won't, we'll talk about that in a minute. It won't be in Vegas, but they will travel for their guy. They will travel to support their guy. So, it, I mean, that in itself was interesting. Um, fight night. I mean, I've been to a lot of fights, and I've said many times on the show, like two of the most engaging and, and crazy atmospheres I've been in was Hatton Mayweather, and um, I would probably say Aldo McGregor. And they, they was crazy. Neither of them compared to what I just saw in Wembley Stadium. That shit was insane. And that's not even against like a real nemesis. Not that Pavikin's trash by any means, or you know he's a good fighter. 
Um, but the, the heat wasn't there, you know? Like, no, it was just good fighter versus good fighter. Like, imagine if we do see Joshua versus Wilder and it's in the UK. It's someone who's going to trash talk him. It's an actual villain. Yeah, no, this was just this was just a fight. And it was just... And Povetkin and Joshua were very respectful the entire time. Oh, yeah. Um, Wilder night, would be so much more grimy, just in his grill. Oh, the USA flag. Wilder would just be crazy. They'll boo the hell out of Wilder. Yeah, they might kill Wilder. But it was like fight night. It was it was 80,000 people. It was raining. It was cold. <laughs> Probably why you're sick. Possibly. Um, and then it like people didn't give a shit. Like I'm out there. Like there's only the only American writers that were there was myself, Michael Woods, and Mike Coppinger. No other American writers. All British. All British people. And so I'm not used to this shit. I'm outside at Wembley. It's cold. It's raining. They give us a poncho, and then it's just like my computer. I'm like, yo, my computer's out in the rain. It's like, here, take another poncho. Just cover your shit up. And <laughs> the fans, like women, are still in dresses. Men are still dressed to the T. Like no, like everybody there. Is like dressed to the nines. There I feel no like there's mad style there. Like everyone yeah. owns a suit. Like for these they occasions, they don't play. Like yo, this was like, but it was eight, again eighty thousand people, eighty thousand, like four T-Mobile arenas. It's Wembley Stadium, and it was loud. Like yo, it was so loud. Sweet Caroline came on. They lost their shit when Anthony Joshua. Then the, the pageantry, the entrances, is something that we don't do in the states fireworks and music and performances and it's, it's just it's i man I, I i i get like before we used to say anthony joshua had to come to the states to be a star fuck that he doesn't why unless the money's right there's really like there's i mean the money would be right if he has to, if they want him to come here the money has to be right but it's just the i don't it's the history of it it's the history, but it's like, dog, I just feel like what he told me, I was like, well, when are we going to get you in the States? And he laughed, and he was like, when are y'all going to come to me? I have 80,000 people coming to my fights. Y'all don't. I was like, yeah, you got a point. 80, 80, he was like, I have 83, I'm, I'm the biggest star in the UK. Like, Deontay Wilder's not a big star in the States. No, you got another point. And there's no 50-50. Like, I get it. Yo, my man, Joshua just made $50 million this weekend. Yeah, it just can't be, which realistically, it could be like a, a 80-20, comparing, you know, the biggest payday between Joshua and the biggest payday that Wilder has had, um, but Wilder can't take like an 80-20, like you got to at least give the brother like a 65-35. Yeah, and I figure that probably, it may end up being like 60-40 or something like that, but they, they, there's just going to be like, the whole Wilder made an offer of like 20 million to Joshua, that's laughable, and I get it, like I get it, after being there, I understand it, there's really like... Joshua don't need us. Like Lennox Lewis had to come to the stage to fight because there was really no British fighters for him to beat up other than like Frank Bruno at the time. Joshua, they'll come to him. And, and it, it, let's just say Tyson Fury wins. That's a huge fight for the UK. Like all the best heavyweights are overseas in some way, shape, or form, except for Deontay Wilder. So it's well, it's Ortiz, right? Well, he already fought. Is Cuban. You know, he, yeah, yeah, he, he already fought. But I mean, you got you know Dillian White, Derek Sora. Like, all those guys are, like, British or from another country. So, yeah, I, I get it. Like, yo, why, why, why do I need to fly to y'all when I'm the one drawing 80,000 people? Uh, I, don't, I feel like one pay-per-view is huge, which I don't know his numbers, though, right? Like, I, I don't know the inner workings of DAZN. That is something you're privy to and not many others, I'm sure. Um, 
but obviously business as well and the guy can make 50 million dollars for a fight um that here is streaming on a on a service so that being said i i don't know how much pay-per-view can add to him but if you're getting 50 mil with no pay-per-view i'm assuming pay-per-view there's, there's, I mean, there is pay-per-view. There's Sky Sports has it on pay-per-view. Like we get it for, we got it for on the zone for ten dollars for a subscription. But there is a pay-per-view service overseas that they pay to watch his fights. It's not as much like thirty bucks or something like that, thirty pounds. But um, it's still pay-per-view. All right. Yeah, I was about to say because some somehow it, it's making dollars are making sense. But I, I feel like you you fighting here for a hundred, a hundred a pop, over on top of what. You, they're gonna pay in the UK because the UK is gonna still pay that pay per view rate. I feel like there's a lot of a lot of dough on the table for that. It's possible, but it's just again, it's, it's like, what am I like? If I'm coming, what am I coming for? If I'm already making fifty million, are you gonna offer me a hundred million? Like, what are you gonna give me to make? Because like, it's home field advantage. Yeah, you, you're Why? gonna offer him Mayweather type money. Yeah, like you have to offer him something stupid. Yeah, and like even still, like a buck twenty, like yeah. which is reasonable. That's Pacquiao B side got a buck twenty. You can offer this kid a buck twenty a side. So yeah, so there's there's a lot to you know for this fight. And again, Wilder's still not a star, and that's the biggest hurdle that we have right now. Is it's unbelievable because it's not Wilder's fault, no. but he's not a star. But now they're doing it. Like now they're okay. His next fight is on pay per view. Makes him feel bigger. Yeah, but we'll see how many that draws. So you know, it'll be interesting to see how all this plays out. But I, I just when I when I saw Anthony Joshua, I just see how big this dude is and everything that he's. That he's accomplished there, I just, I'm, I'm just, I'm blown away. Like, the, the, like now, I feel like if you're, if you cover the sport, you need to make a journey overseas to see what that shit is like. That shit is unreal. Well, yeah, if Wilder ends up getting the fight and going over there, I already told the podcast listeners last week that I'll sneak in your luggage and, and mm. crash on the floor for for your job. I'm just letting you know already. Like off rip, I'm not spending the money. Even if I gotta get a flight, I'm crashing on your floor. It is what mm. it is. You're working the whole time anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shacking up, I like it. Um, so since you were in London, you came back. You've been traveling since you've been back, but obviously you've heard the news: HBO dropped boxing, which is yeah. a whole nother discussion for the world of boxing because HBO was boxing, especially here in the states, right? Like this is the hub of it. Uh, one of the most entertaining analyst groupings i i've seen in boxing um recently you know with roy um kellerman so informative like i that crew was so dope and hbo had some of the biggest names the mayweathers the pacquiao's um delahoyas all, all these guys recently have been hbo guys and it's over in a blink not a blink we kind of saw this coming hbo was uh, yeah for well, boxing people went to right. showtime and I don't know. Top rank going to ESPN happened quick. Yeah, I mean, what what happened was HBO was slicing their budget, their their boxing budget. Um, I mean, they were kind of giving people shitty fights. I mean, then there's you know the fact that Al Heyman kind of came in and was just destroying everything, um, for better or worse, and more more for the better because he was taking a lot of fighters. Uh, but ultimately, HBO just wasn't you know. I mean, they have their original programming because it's a, it's a subscription based service like Netflix. People don't. People used to subscribe for boxing yeah. once upon a time to watch live events, but now you subscribe to watch like Game of Thrones and shit. <laughs> so there's, not as, there's not as many people who are subscribing to watch boxing. So they kept slicing the budget. Losing Mayweather was a huge deal as well. Once Mayweather was gone and Pacquiao was gone, they really didn't have anybody. There was Andre Ward, but then he was gone. 
And, and now there's really nothing left. 45 years HBO has been in the business of boxing. Um, over 1,111 fights they broadcast. And it's come to an end. And it's like, you, again, you name some of the names, but Roy Jones Jr. and Oscar De La Hoya both appeared on HBO 32 times. Nobody's even close to that number. No, Not that's crazy. Days. No, they don't fight frequently enough anymore. No, so it's like, you know, it, it's, it's gone. It's an end of an era. It's going to be very interesting to see how these things play out with all these free agents now. Um, Daniel Jacobs, obviously, is a matchroom fighter, so he'll, he'll more than likely end up on the zone. Um, Triple G, on the other hand, and Canelo, I mean, where are they going to go? PBC? Are they going to go to H, uh, ESPN? Triple G Top- PBC would be very interesting. Um, it's a lot of options, man. Yeah, it's a I lot. mean, De La Hoya more so with top rank, right? Yeah, it's just, I mean, it depends well, on who makes the best offer and where, you know, because yeah. if, if, like, if you're Triple G, for instance, let's just say he came to match room in the zone. So you have Saunders, Andre, uh, Demetrius Andre, and, uh, and De- probably Daniel Jacobs. It's three middleweights right there you can fight. You go to PBC, you got Charlo. Yeah. You know, th- there's options. You go to top rank, I don't know who the fuck you have. Possibly um, with Saunders, depending on this drug test. Yeah, so it's like Canelo, same thing. You know, do you go to PBC? Do you go... Like, this golden boy, where do they align themselves? Isn't, like, Canelo's his own entity, though, right? Because he's never getting off of pay-per-view, so what does it matter? Well, I mean, it does matter because it's like, well, who's going to be responsible for promoting those pay-per-views? It was Golden Boy. Yeah. And Golden Boy in conjunction with HBO. So now they got to find another home, you know, and it's, it's a challenge. You know, it's like, where do these guys go? Who pays them? The Superfly, all the Superfly talent. Um, Jaime Munguia, who just fought on the undercard and looks like he's getting into position to fight one of the bigger middleweights out there. There's, there's a lot of guys who are just floating around there. Then on top of that, Kellerman, Roy Jones, and Jim Lampley are still under contract with HBO, but they have nothing to do. No. It's over. So but, where did they end up? Oh, they'll be perfectly fine when that contract runs out, though. Oh, yeah, of course. They would be flying with offers for them. So, um Kellerman has to end up obviously on ESPN. Like if Top Rank doesn't get Kellerman, what are they doing? He's on yeah, ESPN every know. day. Yeah, it, it makes total sense for Kellerman to land at ESPN. I don't know where Lampley ends up. Um, you know, know. it'd be he, nice to see Roy Jones on the zone because with Brian Kenny and like Sugar Ray Leonard is not a good commentator. Um, Lampley, I mean, would be good on the zone. I mean, the zone could come up. I mean, PBC is still there. Um, yeah, PBC, even yeah. though they do a lot of Showtime, they have Morrow, so. Yeah, it's, it's it's you can't really have like Kenny and Lampley couldn't work together. You got to have a color guy and you got to have like the analyst. And yeah. Lampley's like your analyst, so it, it'll be interesting to see all these guys where they end up. But it just sucks, man. It's you know HBO is is out of the boxing game and it doesn't even seem like they give a shit. They're just like, all right, see you later. So quick, like I told my grandma, I was like, yo, we can cancel that subscription because it was the only reason she had HBO. But she's obviously in her seventies, so of I'm course. pretty sure those are the people who still have HBO for boxing. Um, exactly. So yeah, yeah. My grandma will be taking her services to the zone. By the way, it is official. Huh. <laughs> so I'm, I'm getting her that subscription. She was so tight at me that she couldn't watch the Joshua fight. Oh word. She, oh, she tuned in to Showtime. I was like, Yo, what happened? Oh yeah. She was trying to call me. I was like, Oh, grandma, it's on this new service. What new service? Because I got her ESPN Plus, so she could watch <laughs> boxing. She was like, The one you just got me. I was like, No, another one. She was like, You didn't get it for me. I was like, Oh damn. So yeah. it was the first time she missed the Joshua fight. She was tight. Damn. So next one, my grandma's in there. You got a new subscriber. Make it, making sure those checks keep coming. Don't yeah, say I don't support the people on the podcast. Look at this. I'm a good co-host. 
Um, so HBO is out of here. We had Joshua Povetkin. Um, the fight itself. Wait, wait, wait. Before we like really talk about combat sports, thoughts on the Lil Wayne album. Oh, how was I skipping that? Lil Wayne album was good. I was like, okay, but my expectations were very low. But there's a few songs, I say four or five, that I really like on that album. Um, it seemed a little long. But a when little you, long. When you delay, long. Yeah, when you delay the, the album for four years, I was like, all right, I, I get it, you know? Um, it's four years. But he had some really good songs. The Him and Kendrick song is super dope. Ridiculous. And it's, uh, and it, it, it I love the concept. They had to record this song like three or four years ago because there's like references in there like with Kobe still playing ball. They have a yep. Black Mamba reference. And it's like this is – and it feels like it was around the same time where Kendrick might have done that collaboration with Eminem. Yeah. It, the style of flow. But yeah, the song itself is ridiculous. He still goes in between voices, which he doesn't do anymore. Yeah, which – yeah. That song, man, god damn. So, yeah, I, I love the concept behind it. It's so dope. So that song is great. Uh, I like the, the one with X, the second song on there. Which was cool. Yeah. I like that chorus. I don't like the Nicki Minaj one as much as everyone else does. Um, surprisingly, I like the Snoop Dogg track. Oh, the Snoop Dogg track is, is I mean, it's, it's the explosion uh, sample. Sample, which yeah, is, yeah. That, that was great. I mean, I mean, they flip special delivery. So New York DJs, uh, was that Upper or Dedicate? Or Uproar, I can't remember. Uproar, um, I think, right? With Swizzy. Yeah, but, you know, flipping special delivery. Yeah, I know Swizzy, you're kind of trash for just, like, hijacking the song that's not even 10 years old. But the New York DJs are going to eat that shit up. Um, probably my favorite song on the album, other than Mona Lisa, is that Let It All Work Out joint, where he talks about that shooting himself, where it wasn't an accident. He tried to commit suicide. Yeah. Um, that's nuts. For, you know, it took him a long time to talk about it, and he kind of alluded to it on uh, Solange's album, on the song Mad, where he talked about it, and people were like, wait, was it an accident? And he just kind of cuts it all out there. So it's like, I feel like Lil Wayne on this album was at his best Kobe Bryant last game, where you put, like, there's 23 <laughs> songs in it. Like, Kobe Bryant put up, like, 60 shots in the final game. Not <laughs> but he was, going, he was going to score that 50, though. Exactly. He was going to score it. He, like, he was getting those buckets no matter what. And it feels like it's the same with Lil Wayne. He put up 23 shots. Not all of them, like, some of them bricked. But more often than not, you know, he, he could walk off with a standing ovation. I mean... I was never on the best rapper alive thing. I thought Lil Wayne was good, but I thought he lacked substance a lot. But he could rap his ass off. Oh yeah. So I thought he was. He was I've always thought he was a really good rapper. Um, he oversaturated the market at one point, but whatever. He was doing his thing. But um, I, I feel like this. If this is the end of his career, this is a good finale. Yeah, in which, unlike Eminem, I don't feel like he has to hang it up. I, I feel no, like this no. showed, like you know what, he can get back to doing what he has to do yes he goes through phases right like he'll do a rock phase he'll, he'll do the auto tune he'll do that but if he wants to come back he's one of the few that remembers how to come back yeah oh and the other, other thing that kind of caught me off guard is there's no drake on the album i don't understand that shit Where the oh, fuck yeah is that that is, that is weird i'm not sure like, but over the period of time that it was constructed maybe that had something to do with it I, I don't know. I'm just saying. Like, Nivea said on Dope New Gospel that it was a collaboration with Wayne and Drake. And Drake's nowhere to be found on that song. Okay. Anyway, I haven't listened to the Logic album yet. Oh, so I've been waiting. Oh, I threw on the Logic I, 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 after it. Incredible. Yeah, I've heard it's nuts. So I'll be catching up with that next week and talk about that shit next week because Logic yeah. is super dope. But, um, you like, know, people try to write him off as corny, which he's not. What? No, that that's the only reason I'm not, like, championing, like, the, the Lil Wayne album as much as everyone else 
it's because I threw on the Logic album after, and I was like, oh, this shit's incredible. Yeah. Um, that's hip hop. Like you're that shit will get replay value for you for a long time. Um, so that was dope. So we had Wilder Fury. Yeah. Uh, Wilder Fury. We talked about that. It's finalized. Um, Joshua Povetkin was a dope fight. One quick question about that since you were in the arena. Is Joshua's chin a little bit shaky to you? Because when no. I watched it, I was like, I feel like he has the wobbles every now and then. But then he just goes back to the corner, comes back out, and you'll never know the guy was hit at all. Like, as yeah. long as he makes it to the stool, I feel like he just regenerates. He's like Wolverine. He just needs a second. Yeah, like somebody had said that to me before. It's like, is this chin shaky? I was like, everybody in the heavyweight division's chin is shaky. Deontay Wilder got this shit blown up by Luis Ortiz. Is his chin shaky? No, it's just heavyweights. Heavyweights, is, it all really takes is one touch. Um, you know, he got people like he got caught by Klitschko. That's fucking Vladimir Klitschko who was knocking people out when he puts you know weight behind his punches. But the fact is, like J- Joshua came back against a guy who's only lost one fight, Povetkin. He's only lost one fight, and that was to Klitschko in his prime. And he, and he was the first person to ever stop Povetkin. So, I mean, a, the, a Joshua Wilder fight is so interesting to me because I have no idea who wins. The, like, before I was like, Joshua's more disciplined. But, man, Wilder is the hardest hitter in boxing, period. Like, period. And if he catches you, you might go to sleep. Yeah. So, we'll see. But, yeah, I, I don't think there's really any question about Joshua's chin. Um I, I, and his, his recovery is pretty impressive. Like he, we joked, he, you know, I was like, "Well, what did you learn from the Klitschko fight?" He was like, "Don't celebrate too early." <laughs> like, like if I if I get you, I need to finish you off. And when he had Pavekin, he fucked him up. That shit was brutal. Yeah, Pavekin kind of Pavekin showed the boxing skills early. I felt like I, like Joshua was waiting for that one punch a little bit, but damn, yeah. he landed it. So why not? Like if that's the strategy and you can land it, then my brother, go for it. Yeah, and I mean, Povetkin had a good showing for himself. To be 39, to box that well, I'd like to see him fight, you know, a Luis Ortiz or a uh, Dillian White or somebody I was about like to say, that. It reminded me of what Ortiz did to Wilder until he couldn't do it anymore. Yeah, it, Ortiz is great, but I think Povetkin, I think he's got another couple fights left in him. Yeah, no, I thought that was dope. Um, MMA, since you've just been in your boxing bubble, there was this little thing called Khabib versus Connor in New York. Not the Dolly, but a press conference. I saw it. So, to me, I found a few things interesting. One, Connor is the equivalent of Eminem and 8 Mile when it comes to preparing and spitting hot fire to his opponents during press conferences. The stuff he dug up on could be, which I guess he didn't dig them up. It's very public record. But the fact that he went and took the time to read those things and learn the people associated with Khabib, uh, the manager, Ali, all this stuff, the dirt he was bringing up on the regular, that casual fans are like, what? And then now they're getting into, is incredible. And then, to me, it got under it got under Khabib's skin. There was points where Khabib wasn't stoic, where Khabib actually bought into it, and, and they started to get riled up. And to me, I was like, uh-oh, I've seen this before with Aldo. This doesn't end well. I saw it with Eddie Alvarez. It doesn't end well when you start buying in and fall into that trap. Yeah. So, the, the, I mean, yeah, one, McGregor's a master game planner. And when he does research, he does his research. I mean, the guy is a student of the game of trash talking and fighting. <laughs> um, he's really good at what he does. 
the interesting thing is, yeah, it, it, it looked like Kobe was getting – like, I don't think he was getting mad. I think he was getting annoyed. You know, you know, like, you have a kid that just won't shut the fuck up, and it's like, <laughs> yo, just shut the fuck up. Like, that, I think – I feel like that's how Khabib was handling Conor. And I don't know if it's for better or worse. Like, I, I've said it a billion times. We'll go more in depth next week during fight week. But I'm not going to bet against Conor McGregor, but Khabib is a, is a super threat. He's everything that Conor hasn't really faced. Right. Like he hasn't kind of for all like people said Chad Mendez, but Chad Mendez rolled off the fucking couch to fight Conor McGregor. So that was like a wrestler who rolled off the couch. Khabib is a savage grappler who knows, like, if I get my hands on you, you're cooked. Mendez had more power, though, and it was a better striker. But nobody gives a shit. Like, this isn't about striking. Like, if you stand and trade with Conor, you're going to lose. That's not how you beat Conor McGregor. Like, you wait for him to gas and then you take advantage of him. He's going to gas. But if you get your hands on him and take him down, the fight's pretty much fucking over. Like, Connor, like, we, we've only seen Connor on his back a couple of times against Chad Mendez, who put him on his back pretty easily. And Nate, and, uh, Nate Diaz. Khabib is a much better grappler than both of them. I feel like Connor went to the ground against Nate. He wasn't necessarily put to the ground. Well, I mean. I, he, he flopped on the ground like a fish. Yeah, but but it's it's conditioning, right? Like yeah, Chad wasn't conditioning. Chad just technique the hell out of him, shot for doubles and and put him on his back, and then went for a sub, which is the most impressive thing by Connor is when yes he took a pummeling on his back, but when it was time to sink in a sub, and Chad tried to finish it, which we see a lot from Connor. He does some weird spinny shit, some Mister Elastic, fantastic move on the ground, ends up popping up and punching you in the face. Yeah, so th- there's a couple things like we'll, we'll again we'll go more in depth in the fight, but I think like this is a fight. This is going to be a battle of wills, and, and Connor, the the trash talking it's it's good, but there's there's a little concern here with like the proper whiskey and all this shit. I I'm starting to wonder like I'm not saying Connor's head's not in the game. I think it is, but you can't take Khabib lightly. You can't fuck around, and I don't think he's fucking around. I just just don't expect like if the if the head games don't work, you better be there to fight because that's what happened with Nate. Nate yeah. didn't buy none of that shit. And I, that's and what I expected from Khabib. I expected that stoic, the yeah, whatever, fuck you. Like if Connor's gonna speak over him, Nate just put down the mic. Connor said some funny shit, yeah, bro, whatever, and he just puts it down. Like it, it, he wasn't going back and forth. He wasn't getting riled up. He was, you know, just normal Nate. And Khabib to me was going back and forth. Khabib is trying to scream over Connor at points. Talking about why, you know, Artem didn't do something when he was slapped. Asking the same question over and over. Like, to me, it was getting to him. I don't know if it'll make a difference. The only trash talk that really matters, though, is John Jones and Daniel Cormier. Which is incredible. I don't even want to see the fight again right away. Like, I think DC earned the ability to get catched out and beat Brock Lesnar's ass. So I'm okay with that. And I think John Jones should fight Alexander Gustafson. I don't necessarily think it should be for a belt, but whatever. If they want to give him the light heavyweight title back, that's fine. And him and DC can fight for that again, champ versus champ, with the light heavyweight belt on the line. So it comes off of DC loses nothing, John Jones, or DC can gain everything. John Jones only has something to lose, which it should be. It shouldn't be John Jones can gain everything and DC has uh, nothing but a losing outcome. So, I like that aspect. So, if you want to do it, DC's not defending a light heavyweight title. Anyway, the division has no up-and-comers. Fine. Run that back in December. Cool beans with me. But, when these two do get in front of each other again, 
Oh, buddy. It, it's always liable to explode. This is the best feud in combat sports I've probably seen while I've been living. Like, alive. Not ever. But since 88 till now, this is to me, this is the most heated and real feud I've seen. Yeah, you. I mean, it's real. That that's the key. Like you know, Connors with Jose was like one. It was like one way traffic, and like Floyd and a lot of guys was one way traffic. Floyd, Floyd De La Hoya, like Floyd, yeah, wearing the Mexican the, garb and shit. That got a little. De La Hoya wasn't heated though. The Mexicans were heated. Yeah, I mean, no, Oscar was pissed. Like if you go back and watch that twenty four seven, like Oscar was pissed. Like Floyd wouldn't shut the fuck up for nothing. Um, but that that was a great rivalry. But like like. John and, and Daniel, who God damn, like they take this thing to social media, it gets super personal. Like I'm waiting for one of them to talk about the other's kids. Like it's just like, good lord. Like this recent one where where DC just went off and called John a snitch, um, and just kind of just trashed him, you know, for doing drugs and all that shit, and then told him at the end like, go do some cocaine or steroids. This is all on the Instagram <laughs> post. I mean, it's true though. Like, yeah. it's, like it's, he's not even spitting like. You know, false shit. I he's not spreading rumors. It's true. Like John Jones, what people glanced over, which is still impeccable to me, during this John Jones reinstatement, uh, snitching on people, uh, <laughs> I guess court case to get reinstated, is that John Jones said, "Okay, I did not take a steroid," and they're like, "Cool, you didn't take performance enhancing drugs on purpose. We'll knock it down." But he clearly said, "Yes, I did take cocaine that week on purpose." Yeah, again on purpose, again. Again, John, like, I thought he was just walking through, like, a, a duck pond with Ariel, saying, I, I'm getting clean, I'm learning from my mistakes. John, again? Man, some people Cocaine's just, one hell of a drug, man. He loved that shit. Like, he, In fight week, he'd be like, ah, just, yeah, just he, ready. He adores it, man. Like, I... like. I need to look at John's fingers next time. I need to see if he has that long pinky nail. I, <laughs> like, I feel like he has to, right? Like, this guy, like, in his time off, like, I'm, I'm sure, like, he smokes weed and snorts cocaine, right? Like, I feel like those are two drastically different ends of a spectrum. Like, yeah, but he's, <laughs> like, John is just that dude. Like, he's just, and people, and people like him, and I don't get it. Like, the motherfucker's a cheater. And he's, People still love him. People are loving him now. Looking at DC's comments, people are like, oh, you got head kicked. Stop making excuses. Uh, oh, and two. Look at, I'm like, are you really defending John Jones? Yes, I see media are. people just standing over John Jones today. And That's I'm crazy. like, yo, I can't, I can't believe it. Like, and I understand MMA is a whole different world, right? Like, baseball has some integrity to the sport, even though it's like a flawed integrity. Because there's always been ways to cheat the game. But there's still like this this aura of, okay, we got to protect the sport. Football is the same way. You have to protect the sport. Basketball. MMA, even boxing. You kind of just want to protect the sport. You want to do right by people. You don't want to see people cheated, even though it's been historically a dirty game. But there's this air of regalness to it. it MMA has none of that. MMA is like lie, cheat, and steal. MMA is damn near the Eddie Guerrero of sports. It really is. Like, the more you lie, cheat, and steal, the better and more over you become. It's impeccable. Floyd had to lie about lying, cheating, and stealing to get over. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Like, this shit's, this shit's so crazy. MMA, just combat sports in general, is just bananas. And Connor, John Jones, the people we see, Brock Lesnar, who can pop, and people are like, yeah, come back. 
oh, he, he's face-to-face with DC. It's like, yeah, he, he just failed a test. Two tests, his last fight. Yeah. And, like, people like, no, don't care about that. We're not worried about Dana, any question? No? All right. And Dana's like, yeah, John Jones does a little a little cocaine. It's fine. He didn't take steroids. He didn't come back. It's not like he did anything really bad. It's like, yeah, not like Greg Hardy, huh? I mean, you know, Dana's <laughs> like... I mean, Dana's shit is like, you know, I do too. So, like, what? Who, why, <laughs> like, mean, why are we tripping? That's fair. You can't be a hypocrite. <laughs> Listen, T, that's... I'd rather him do that than be a hypocrite. So I guess I got it. I got her back down. Yeah, like, it's just overall the best fights will get done regardless of, and the most lucrative fights will get done regardless of what the other person does. Throw a dolly through a fucking tour bus and it's the most despicable thing on a Monday, but on a Thursday we're putting in a promo. Yeah. Good old so, UFC. Oh, man, that is so crazy. Um, UFC 230 still has no main event, though. Good old UFC. Are we finally seeing the 165 pound division? I'm pretty sure I wrote this for champions. I mean, it needs to happen, right? Like this is like a dub moment. Like it needs to happen for numerous reasons. Between I don't know why Dana's fighting it. Like what's the what's the cons of adding this? I can't there, rack my brain to find it. There really aren't any. The only thing is, like I guess you could say they need time to figure it out because if there's a 165, like Tyron Woodley's like sitting there going, "What the fuck?" Well, like, you're a 175 like, pound champion now. But are you like? Is that where he wants to be? Like, you got to figure out what you, what the rest of these guys are going to do. And that's like the only concern that I would have with it. Like, wh- if you is go one, is there a downfall to giving people more room for weight cutting? Like, if, you know what? You don't have to kill yourself as much. You can be a little more healthy now as champion. I just, I just feel like you have to figure out exactly where the line is drawn. Like, if it's going to be that, and it, like it needs to be done. Obviously, they need to fix these weight classes, but. They just got to figure out how they're going to fix these weight classes. And I guess Dana doesn't feel like getting pressured into shit. So that's on him. Um, but they should have it. I mean, it's just weird because it's like, you know, Nate Diaz fighting for a 165 title. Why him? Yeah, I don't know. That's, oh, because you know why him. Well, we like money-wise, we get why. And, and, but, and it's that, that trifecta. That's, that's where the money is. If for some reason you can pull it off and that trilogy fight is champion versus champion, you are printing money. Well, shit, I guess. Uh, you know, Nate Diaz is not the, the first guy that comes to my mind like he deserves a title opportunity. No, by no means. But, to be fair, he deserves a title opportunity in a new division more than he does at 155 pounds. Well, yeah, absolutely. Like, I could justify him getting a title defense in a division where you're like, you know what? Maybe the weight cut to 155 is a little much for him. He's beat some really good guys down there, but he really couldn't, you know focus all the time or be in the best conditioning there. 165 might be a different fighter. And we've seen guys move up in weight, be a completely different fighter, way better. Poirier, for example. Yeah, well, that's the other question. Like, you open up this division and Poirier runs out there and wins that shit. Then you're like, it, like, Poirier and Khabib win? And it's like, oh, well, shit. Yeah. I mean, Poirier's a guy who was just fighting at 145 a second ago. So to be yeah, a 165 well, him- champion would be crazy. <laughs> Yeah, it'd be pretty interesting. It, I mean, it needs to be done. They just need to hurry up and figure it out. The yeah. fact is, that, you know, the show doesn't have a, a main event. And that's the UFC's own goddamn fault. Like, they didn't look at their schedule. And, like, you don't have to have a title fight on every show. They keep trying it. It's like, you really don't have to. They just really want to. Yeah. And I don't understand. It doesn't boost sales that much, I don't think. No, just have a good fight. Like, yo, like, legit, Connor and, and uh, I mean, not Connor, Poirier and Nate, that's a main event. It doesn't have to be for a title. 
it's okay to just say this is a number one contender's fight sometimes. Yeah, like, like I feel like that holds just as much weight, right? Like the winner of this gets the title shot. No belt, or like, no nothing. This is a fight. How about that? Hey guys, we got a really good fight here. <laughs> Come pay for it. Yeah. Like it doesn't have to be for some shitty title that you just made up. It doesn't. Dana they loves got... gold. I don't know where that idea came from. Maybe it's a WME IMG thing. But it's unnecessary. Yeah. Um by the way, pro wrestling has just been kind of crazy. So we're gonna wait until next week to dive into that. Just because hasn't shit happened besides Nikki Bella trying to kill people. Or Brie well, Bella, excuse me. Yeah. Brie Bella's trying to murder people. Um, um so yeah. nothing too crazy, but we have pay per views coming up next week. Australia show. Um we have a storyline being built in NXT and we get to see the ROH card and pay-per-view that is Vegas tonight that I'm sure will tie in uh, some loose ends to All In and to the New Japan show that just happened, uh, which had a crazy swerve in it too. So next week will be more pro wrestling heavy. Before we get out of here for today, let's talk about Bellator, where you're at. 206. Um, Top to bottom, this card can compete with any... UFC card this year. I'm pretty confident in saying that. Even with the farce of a main event. Or well, the main event the main... is uh, Gay Guard. No, okay. Gay Guard and, and, and Rory is the main event. The oh, co-main event God. is Vandalay and, yeah, okay. Vandalay and Rampage. And by the way, like the, the ceremonial reigns is where I'm about to head, but uh, Rampage is like 30 pounds heavier than Vandalay. I think he's going to murder him. Um, so there's Rampage that. is going to yeah. murder Vandalay? Oh, yeah. Uh, I don't like, know if Rampage can fight for more than three minutes. Dude, he's thirty pounds heavier than Vandalay Silva. That'd be a he's, good. That'd be a good gentleman's bet. <laughs> Just because I, huge. I think he I, gasses. Did he get wrecked by Chael? He, well, he didn't get wrecked. He got wrestled. That's the, like when Rampage is getting wrestled, he loses. But if he's just throwing hands, and that's what Vandalay's going to come to do, he's probably going to get killed. But all in all, like yeah, this is a, Aaron Pico's on the card. You got uh, Douglas Lemus and fighting Korshev. Like, this is a really... Carrie Melendez, Gilbert Melendez's his wife is fighting on this card. It's a really good card. That is Gilbert's it's, wife, right? I thought it was. Yep. yep. So it's like, yeah, I saw Gilbert yesterday. Um, this, this is a good sign for Bellator because people need an alternative. But the real question I want to ask you, and I'm curious what your thoughts are. If Gegard beats Rory or Rory beats Gegard, are one of those two guys worthy of pound-for-pound pound consideration? Yes. Like, they, they have to be, right? Because if you ask me, R- Rory already has a win over the, one of the most dominant champions in the UFC right now. Correct. So the guy in his division in the UFC with the belt, Rory won. He already beat. So if Tyron Woodley is in the top 10 pound for pound, Rory is above him. And that's just, that's just where it lays. Like, that, that is the case. Um, I wouldn't say he's above him because remember, Rory lost to Wonderboy. No, Rory lost to Robbie Lawler, and Tyron Woodley doused it. Tyron Woodley put his ass in the ringer quickly. You you Ty- are the king of saying sometimes these wars take a lot out of people that they can't come back from. Robbie yeah. might have been the prime example of that. His might've body been. still hasn't recovered. He he's injured now more than ever. But I'm just saying, like, so you can't, like, MMA math doesn't apply because Woodley's a completely different fighter. Than and I, I, I think Rory is, too. Rory was wildly aggressive in his last fight, too. If he beats Gegard, yeah, I think I think he's there. 
Um, I mean, I think he should definitely be in the conversation. And I think it's great to have another promotion with pound-for-pound guys. I think he's the best welterweight in the world if he wins this fight. Mm, he might be. I mean, he might be. We've always thought Rory is going to be really good. When people first laid their eyes on Rory McDonald, it was just a matter of him really finding out his fighter identity because he fights in so many different styles. So, and he's he's gonna he'll be the first two division champion in Bellator history if he pulls this off. He's already a welterweight champ. Mm-hmm. So it's just interesting to see another promotion putting on good shows that, where you don't where it proves you don't have to be in the UFC to be the best fighter in the world. I think it helps everybody. I do too. Um, Musashi, on the other hand, is incredibly good too. So I'm not I mean, Musashi. Like Musashi would probably be champion right now if he was in the UFC. He would uh, yeah, he'd be, have to be Bobby Knuckles, right? Yeah, and I think I think he's better Bobby. than Bobby Knuckles. Yeah, <laughs> I think so too. And that's no disrespect to Bobby. I mean, I, I pick him to lose quite often, but I, I do think Gegar is better. It's so you have two of the best fighters in the world competing in Bellator this weekend on the zone, um, and the start of the welterweight Grand Prix tournament, which is great. And then you know the welterweight tournaments. Can, I mean, not the welterweight, the heavyweight tournaments continuing. We got Fedor and Chael about to fight. We got Ryan Bader, who looks like the dark horse is probably going to win the whole fucking thing. I really want to see that Chael fight. Yeah. I, I'm horrible right now. I, I'm feeding into the machine. I, I really, I'm looking forward to that. That could be a I, shit show, but Fedor might kill him. Yeah, so I like, like, I like where Bellator is headed. I like, you know, like the, the their young fighters. I like the welterweight Grand Prix. I like MVP. I like Aaron Pico, who fights on this card uh, tomorrow as well. So it's Bellator has a lot going for it. The young um, fighters are, are definitely. I, I think at the bare bottom, like the, the wrestlers, they were able to to corral and sign, and I, their their youth is really good. It's just I'm interested to see the deals they sign these kids to. How long can you? Are are you just building them up and they're bouncing, or is it sustainable and they're staying? Are are you WCW? Are these guys your Benoit's, your Jericho's, all this stuff, and they're just gonna bounce? Don't know. And, and go and go to, to the you know, to the big guys at the end. Or is this something you're building to is this the next strike force? Right? This is the reason he went there. Coco yeah, went there. Like can can you rebuild Strike Force, which was a legit threat talent wise? Yeah, they, they I mean they were loaded and they put on good shows. So ultimately it's like you got there's a lot going on with Bellator right now and it, it seems like it's moving in the right direction. As long as they don't fuck it up. <laughs> um, and I don't think they will. Coker's really good. Like Coker's probably one of the most underrated promoters in the game. Like he knows what he's doing, and I like Coker a lot. It's just they're gonna have to continue to put on good shows. Yeah. And they might have to just kind of get rid of some of these shitty fights. Like they, I know they're using the big names to reel the casual viewer in, but uh, I don't know how much longer you can do that. No, so but I think like, in a second they won't have to. They'll have young stars to build around. They're I just they're just biding their time. To me, Coker's a lot like Gato in uh, New Japan. They're just great bookers. Like top to bottom, they know how to put the young talent. Whether you know you're an you know you're one of these guys just starting out with a big name, or you're a young lion. Like they build stuff the right way. They give you the fights you want to see. Um, the cards are stacked. You, you still get some nostalgia. We we'll still get a Chris Jericho with face paint, right? Like and just thrown in there. But you know the meat and potatoes of it is going to be really good. They're they're good bookers, and I I feel the same way. It's just can you compete with the monster? Like, that that's right. what it is. They can put out a lower quality fight. Look at that Connor card. That Connor card isn't this card. No. 
No, like, with the exception of Ferguson and uh, Pettis, which is a which really good fight. we'll see if they get there. Somebody's dropping out, in my mind, still. Between the four of those guys, I would kind of exclude it. Three guys who I'm not always positive are going to make it into the octagon. Right. So we'll see. We'll, we'll see. And that's another thing. Bellator doesn't seem to have those problems to me with constant fights being canceled. I don't know how, but their guys seem to make it into the cage. Yeah. So that's interesting. We'll recap all of this talk pro wrestling next week, boxing, and uh, yeah, man, ton of hip hop too. So we'll get into that and any other random craziness that happens. We'll let you go to these weigh ins, Dre. Uh, I'm going to go. My grandmother's in town, 70th birthday. So I got to take her to this Michael Jackson experience, living it up this week. Uh, won't be able to go to ROH, but I'm sure I'll hear all about it. Thank you guys for listening. Follow us on social media at the corner LSN. On all platforms, me at Kel Dansby, him at Andreas Hale. Till next week, we're out. Peace. On the corner.